Hello geniuses, welcome back to the Own Your Genius podcast, where we discuss building businesses, growing brands, and owning your genius. I'm your host, brand attorney LaConya Murray. We have a good one for you today, but before we get started, let me ask you, have you joined the Genius Lounge? It's a place where all of us geniuses hang out to discuss intellectual property, business, and mindset. If you're looking for a community of motivated, high achievers doing what they need to do to succeed in business and life, you need to head over to the Genius Lounge. You can join us at joinlikani.com. Now, I promise you that today's episode was a good one, so let's get started. I kind of want to have a conversation. I don't know if I'm going to do it before or after I answer the question, ask the questions. But what do y'all think about this $1 billion um, validation that Clubhouse has? And how people are saying that it's basically on our backs. Like we're the one that did it. I told Alyssa something. Uh, we had a conversation like a little while ago. And I told her we just kind of, it's always been like that. We, we influence the culture. Uh, we, we've controlled the culture for a long time. Um, I think people like yourself, LaCanya, are influencing us to monetize on controlling the culture. But until we do that, it's it's always going to be on us. We we can we literally control the culture of almost everything that is pop culture or popular in today's world. It comes from uh, the African American individual or side of things, and it's people want to imitate it, people want to duplicate it. But we need to be learning how to monetize it. I 100% agree. That's why I'm so heavy on ownership, 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 and it really is about creating that intellectual property and then owning it you know it's not just about a sheet of paper it's about what you can do with it what it means i saw a video that master p did on the subject you know and he's feeling the same way and i noticed that he's been doing a lot more investing to make sure that we are having ownership in places where we normally don't like him and someone else are going in to um, buy reebok he wants to have the um a black owned version of Telsa, you know, he's doing things, creating things so that we can be in these spaces and we need to do the same. Like intellectual property is so valuable. Our knowledge, like just think about it. If us getting on this platform and talking about and sharing our ideas, like if what we're just sharing can be that, that like what can we do if we keep it for ourselves? If we use it for ourselves and build off of it. One of the things that Master P said was that, you know what, we can try, you know, but in our community, you know, there's always that person that says, well, why do you want to call it Clubhouse? It's not a club. Well, why do you want to do that? That's silly, you know. And some people will use that as an excuse um, not to move forward, you know, already basically counting themselves out before they even try. And so what do you think about that? Me personally, I feel like no matter what you do, someone's going to say something, have something to say, do it anyway. That's how I feel about it. But um, what does, does anyone else have any input on that? And we are going to get into Murray's Law, but I just, I'm just, I mean, I'm just, I'm not even surprised. I'm just in awe. Like, I'm not surprised at all because, like Max said, we all the culture. They've been doing this for centuries. And the, the killer thing about it is they always tell us that, oh, we don't know anything. We're stupid. We got yada, yada, yada. But then they turn right back around. Right, turn right back around and steal our stuff. And in this case, it's not even stealing, right? We're just giving it to them. We're just coming up here on this platform, spitting knowledge, right? 
And it's something. And then if you think about it, listen, check this out. Peek this out. We're on this platform spitting knowledge and it's in a, in a, in a, in a um, context that can't even be recorded. Right. So we can't even we're spending hours and hours on Clubhouse. Right. We can't even turn around and do anything with it. The only people that can really benefit from this are the are the platform owners in, in some perspective. Right. Some people are coming on here and they're closing deals and they're getting brand connections. But the big, bigger scheme, you know, that's just my thoughts. I agree 100% until we and until we believe IP is the way to go and we protect our IP, then we'll always be just the creators of the culture, never the owners. Yes, and it's time for us to start, and, and it's time for us to start owning stuff. Like, well, that's what we're doing in 2021. All right, let's get into these questions. I'm headed to the Genius Lounge. Speaking of ownership, right, if you are not a member of the Genius Lounge, which is our free platform for entrepreneurs who are looking to build better businesses, connect with um, entrepreneurs in a way that really betters them. Go ahead. It's free. Go sign up. GeniusLounge.co. We there. You can ask your questions. You can network with other people. It's pretty cool. All right. So we got some good questions here. And we're going to start with, ooh, I like this question. And this question came from Max. And it says, um, securing trademark classes, do we do it all at once or one at a time? Can you go back and add classes on the existing trademark once it's registered? I love that question because it does a couple of things. One, it brings out the fact and the point that when you get your trademark, your protection is limited to how you use it. Meaning that it's not a blanket protection. Which you get a if you get a trademark for planters. I'm looking at my plant that's in that pot, right? So you get a trademark for planters, right? And then you decide that you know what I want to get into. I want to create seeds. You know, I want to create other products that have to do. I want to create fertilizer. That trademark for the planters is not going to protect you for fertilizer. It's a whole different class. And when we talk about classes, we're talking about uses. So what you have to do is when you file your application, I saw this on Facebook. This is why you don't take advice from people on Facebook. Someone said, oh, I filed my trademark application myself. I just put down all the possible ways that I might use it. That is not what you want to do. So when you file a trademark application, especially when you file an in-use application, you're telling people that this is how you plan on using it right and if you put in a use that you're not if you put down a class that you're not using it then your application can be void because you committed perjury on your application like you lied and you don't want to do that so you want to put down the classes that you're actually using unless you're filing an intent to use application which says hey i'm not using it right now but i intend to use it in the future right and then once you begin using it, you can get your trademark certificate. So it's not like, it, there's no hosies. Like, you know, when you're, when you're a kid and you got siblings and you're like, you're putting your name on stuff so nobody else will take it. Like, you can't do that with trademarks. That's not how that works. So you want to make sure that you're getting your protection in your class. And let's say that you have your trademark, right? And then sometime down the line, you expand into a use that you didn't apply for. 
that your certificate isn't covered. Then at that time, what you'll have to do is go through the trademark process all over again. Because if you think about it, when we're doing, when they're, when USPTO is doing their search and when I'm doing my search, I'm looking for conflicted uses, um, similar uses, right? And so if you're, what might be a conflicting use in one class could not be a conflicting use in another class. Um, perfect example, Dove. Oh, I'll keep going back to Dove chocolate, right? Dove, if there's another candy that wants to be called Dove chocolate, right? That can be a conflict. Well, actually, I shouldn't use that as an example. That, so I'm going to say Dove is chocolate and Dove is soap, right? So let's say Dove came out and they have chocolate, and that's what they registered for. And then later on, they're like, you know what? We want to get into, you know, chocolate is a form of self-care. We want to expand this self-care. And now we want to get into bubble baths. I don't know. I just made that up. I'm still talking about Dove the chocolate, right? And so now when they want to expand to this class, you got to go through that whole process again. You got to do the trademark clearance search and see if there are any conflicting marks. In this place, there is a conflicting mark because there's Dove, the soap company. So that will prevent them from expanding to that class without infringing on someone's trademark. So that's a really good question. So no, you do not do it all at once unless you are using each class that you're applying for. And then when you get ready to add a new class that will be a new trademark application, you have to go through the whole process from scratch. It's just not sending in a form saying, hey, let me get five on pump two. Like you can't just add this class. You have to go through the whole process again. So that was a really good question. And Max, um, did I did I answer your question? Yes, ma'am, you sure did. I definitely appreciate it. Cool beans. Let's see. The next question is, when you trademark a business name, does it protect you from different variations? For example, brownstone with the brown and the stone as one word, and then brownstone with it separate. Another good question. Come on, y'all. Come on through with these good old questions. I sure do appreciate it. So, here's the answer. Yes. If there's, so, trademarks provide, give the owner the right to exclude other people, other business owners, from using the same or similar name in the same or similar um, manner or class, right? So, if someone says, so we go back to the brownstone example, right? So, someone's trademark is brownstone for cookies. And then someone else wants to do brownstone as two words. So brownstone for cookies is one word. They have a trademark. Someone else wants to come in with brownstone with two words and say, hey, our, is this is different because ours is brown and stone. But it's not. It's similar. So when they're talk, looking at whether something is similar, there's a couple of things they look for. They want to look and see if it sounds the same, if it looks the same, if it gives the same impression and feeling. Right, if it has the same meaning, you can go through that list, right? And if the answer to those questions are yes, then you're not getting that trademark. Sometimes you can have a yes and a few no's, and you can get the trade like it just really you have to balance it. It really is a balancing factor. But to answer your question, when you when you get your trademark, it will allow you to prevent other people from using not only the same, but also similar name as you in your same or related field, which is why when we do our trademark clearance search, we're not just searching for this exact name that you want to trademark, right? We're not just searching for that. We're searching for different variations of that. So, great question. Next question from the Genius Lounge is, 
I'm rebranding everything and building a course to launch within the next 30 days. Went to GoDaddy to get my domain name, frowny angry face emoji, right? And it was taken. They're offering to identify the owner and negotiate for you. You know how GoDaddy says, hey, let us, let us find the owner for you. Pay $119 plus 20% commission to any of the agents that that um, handles it. The question is, is there any way you can do this yourself? Like it sounds suspect on so many levels. And she wants to know, has anybody run into this? I mean, that is common where GoDaddy will try to broker uh, a deal. My, my suggestion, and, you know, Tanisha, Max, you can definitely chime in. My suggestion is that if the domain name isn't private, can't you go to something like, um, what is it, like I can, like look up and see who the owner is and then try to negotiate for yourself and cut out the middleman? You absolutely can. Yes, you absolutely can. If, if the domain is not private, if they don't have any type of privacy services on it, um, she can look up the domain. Um, GoDaddy themselves has a um, domain lookup service, which is of no cost. And um, she'll be able to see um, not only who is hosting, mm -hmm. um, but um, the person's name and how to get in touch with them. And she would be able, if they're not using the domain, um, be able to broker their deal herself. Nice, 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 nice. That's and that's what I thought too. And you go that route before just giving shelling money out. Cool beans. Let's see. This is the question. Long story short, was they saw the video about do you need money before getting the LLC? And they said that I wish I would have seen this video first. I spent like sixteen hundred dollars for an, you know LLC because in a lot of places, in some states, it, it costs more than a few hundred dollars to form that LLC or sometimes you form that LLC right you form that LLC but then you have like in Alabama we have a, a, a business privilege tax and you gotta pay taxes every year on that and so that can stack up for those people who form that LLC based off an idea they're like oh I got a great idea I'm gonna go get me an LLC but they haven't done any business planning hint 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 for the people who can see my camera business planning workbook that I'm pointing to right here um, they haven't done any of that, um, but they just want to have get this LLC so they can, I guess, protect their idea. I don't, I don't know why you would go out and get an LLC without making sure that you have a, a valid business. So his question is like, what can I do about that? After you form the LLC, um, get to work on your business plan so you can get your money back, like start making your investment back. But if you form this LLC and you decided, hey, you know what? I'm not going to go into business. This is I changed my mind and you're trying to avoid having to pay those yearly fees then you need to go to your secretary of state's website and see how you dissolve an LLC so that's that question all right all right I want to just bring people to the stage hello hi Lakanya how are you I'm awesome how are you I'm doing good. Thank you for inviting me onto the stage, and I'm glad you did because I actually do have a question for you. Okay, I'm ready. Now, I, yeah. So, I sell statement t shirts, and the other day I noticed I saw via an Instagram ad that someone had the same slogan that I did. Mm. And what are the, I don't know how to word the question, like, what can you can do? Can I get them? Yeah, what can I do? 
Yeah. Great question. So one thing you have to know when you have a tea, like, well, you're on Clubhouse and you can't see me, but I'm actually rocking a statement tea today that says black economics matters, right? So right. whenever mm -hmm. you have a slogan tea like that, one thing you have to keep in mind is that trademarks protect brand identifiers. Those things that indicate the source of a good or a service. When we put statements on front of a t-shirt, it does not identify the source of a good or a service. So this doesn't function as a trademark. So you say, okay, LaFanya, is it a copyright? You know, it's something that I came up with. It's creative, right? So copyrights, you have to keep in mind that copyrights do not protect short phrases. So in that case, the slogan is not a protected by copyrights either. What I always tell people is that you have to build a brand, right? Mm -hmm. You build a brand and you protect that brand and make it so that people want to buy from you. It doesn't matter if 20 other people are selling it. That's why brands are so powerful. That's why trademarks are so powerful. Because it doesn't matter if 100 different people are selling it. Once you create that brand loyalty, people are coming to you. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I was so hurt when I saw that. I was like, no, I'm going to file a lawsuit, you know. <laughs> I, I love mean, it. I was just like, this is mine. How could they do that? But thank you for answering the question. I meant to reach out to you, but today was perfect timing. So um, lesson learned. Note, noted. I'll definitely continue to build my brand around that instead. Yeah. And let me say this as well. Now, there is... So... There is copyright protection in the font. And that's something as when you're creating t-shirts you have to be aware of is that the, the fonts are protected by copyrights. So if you have a font, first thing you want to do is make sure you have a commercial license to use that font and sell it, the shirt, so you don't get sued for copyright infringement. Right? That's number one. Number two, if you can hire someone to create a custom font for you and then assign their rights to you so that you own it, right? If someone does copy your shirt using that font, it now it's copyright infringement, not so much for the phrase because they're they're, they're infringing on your, your rights that you have in the font. Okay. Right. That was something else I was wondering because their writing is completely different than my own. It's just that the phrase is the same. So, okay. Yeah. But that's something to keep in mind when you're doing shirts is make sure that you have a commercial license for the font. And then if you can get someone to create a, a, a custom front font for your brand so that when anybody sees it, they know it's your brand and you own it. And if someone copies that font, now you have grounds to, to sue. Awesome. Thank you so much, LaConya. Thank you're you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Any other questions? I do have a question. All right, Jessica. Um, and it's kind of uh, similar, I think, to the discussion we were just having, but I wanted to get clarity on, um, is it possible to trademark or copyright a slogan as it applies to your brand? So, for example, if your company said, um, we do this um, as easy as A to Z, Right. Can you, trade, can you trademark that phrase? Yes, because now what you're doing is that phrase is associated with a good or a service. It's like Nike's just do okay. it. So as long as it's identifying the source of a good or a service, then yes. So we have uh, our slogan is operating your realm of genius while we operate in ours. And we have a trademark for that. 
because it identifies the source of our service. So absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. Cool beans. Yay, this is fun. This is fun. This is fun. I appreciate y'all coming in and hanging out with me tonight and then indulging me a little bit before we got started about the, the whole clubhouse thing. I was just taken aback. Let me um, go back to the questions. Uh, that when I just saw about the clubhouse and the validation and just, again, another platform that we that we turn the owners into millionaire, billionaire, you know. Hold on, let's see. I think I have a question. You know what? How about, I'm, I'm going to ask the question because I have my good friend Alea as a moderator and this is definitely in her realm of genius right um, all things systems and processes all things systems and processes so a question that I often get is what comes first the chicken or the egg right and in this case I mean do we could especially right now here the big thing is hiring right do we hire first and then create the systems and have the people that we hire document what they're doing? Or should we um, kind of have an idea of how we want things done and then hire? I get this question often, actually. <laughs> and depending on who you ask, you're going to get different answers. But my answer is you should have at least a strategy you should have something in mind of what you want because what that is going to do is that's going to allow you to put the correct resources in the correct places um people are resources we don't think of it that way but the people that we hire are also resources so if you're not a person that creates systems but you understand that you need systems what's going to happen you're going to hire a strategist if you have um, that strategy is going to come in and they're going to help you with your systems and go forward and you're going to do some strategic planning and they're, they're going to help you further allocate your resources. So you may say, OK, well, I need this software, which is a resource. Mm -hmm. um, I need this documentation, which is a resource. We need a budget that is also resources because financials are also resources. Um, and then building out your team of people, that's also resources. That's really the first part. I know a lot of people, especially if you're working in like the web development and web design industry, mm -hmm. we, we want to go in and just do. And that's the industry I come from. And that's what really um, made me go into creating uh, systems and, and management because I saw that my industry, they just didn't do a lot of planning on the front end, um, it was just like, oh, you want a website? I can build it. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> it was like, okay, wait, there's a whole lot of other things that need to be discussed. Why are we building a website? What type of website is it? Um, what's going to happen? What are we connected to social media? How is it going to play in the marketing? All of these other questions that um, people who were not necessarily business driven or agency driven they were just the developers or just the designers they were not asking those questions so i really wanted to serve them and get them asking the right questions so you need to have some type of idea at least enough to know that if you are not able to build the system you need to get someone who can and so they can navigate and help you navigate through 
um, the planning phase. So which comes first? Your ideal comes first. You, you need to know that it is done. And if you are in business, you're absolutely going to need some type of systems, some type of automation. Um, we are in 2021. No more of doing things manually if you just don't have to. There are certain things that definitely need manpower. Mm-hmm. But with all the technology we have today, everything should be manual. And, you know, it's just good um, client experience. That's really what we focus on. Um, everything we do is based off the client experience, not so much about making things easier for us because it's going to be easy for us regardless, but just providing our customers and our clients with an amazing experience because without customers and clients, we don't have a business. You're right. So I know that was a long answer. <laughs> You're right, but it, it, was, it was a good answer and it, um, it brought me to an, your question. It did answer my question. So thank you very much. The other thing that I would say is that it, it brought up another question for me because when I think of systems, my mind automatically goes to automation. Like I, like I literally, I feel like I incorrectly use them interchangeably. And I realized today as I was doing a um, my first performance evaluation for my, my employees that the way the reason that we were kind of off sync is because of that I'm thinking systems and uh, and automation as one, and she's thinking just systems minus automations so is that i mean systems and automation they're not they're not the same are they the same thing am i wrong they are not the system um automation is kind of like a part of a system um people even think that applications and software are systems which is not necessarily um incorrect but when i talk about system i'm talking about business systems which is your strategic planning, mm-hmm. it is your resources, it is your automation, it's your software, it's all of these things put together to get you um, to your goal. So all of the things that you put into it um, to get you to your goal, your planning alone is not going to do it. You're going to need to have some type of resources, software, things like that. Um, and also data. You know, we, yes. we want to have our KPIs. We want to have our measurements. We want to have the things that um, tell us whether or not our system is working correctly. So that, for us, that is a business system. It's a combination of all of these things that allow us to meet a business objective or a business goal, not just the software. I love it. I feel like we can have, like, a whole nother discussion, like a whole nother room about KPIs and data. Like that's something. Can I ask a question? Absolutely. Sure. Oh, I'm muted again. <laughs> so, um, and is it Alea? I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name correctly. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, Jessica. Yes, it's Alea. Alea. So I'm curious. <clears throat> I'm very intrigued. Um, with regards to the systems piece, um, is that something that a project manager would maintain? Yes. So to give you an idea, uh, we break up our system in three different segments. We have our client um, acquisition. So all things that happen to acquire clients. This is your marketing, your advertising, and your sales. 
And then we have our client management. So this is where you probably would see your project manage, uh, your project management manager because they're actually managing projects. They're managing the work that is being done. And then we also have client retention, getting clients to come back. That's very customer service driven. So where we put most of our client, um, most of our project manager managers is actually managing the project that's being done. We don't necessarily put them in the beginning with client acquisition because it's very marketing and advertising and sales um, heavy. Um, but if you're talking strictly about someone who is going to manage the work or I say the service that you're providing, you want someone to make sure that the people are in the right place, that people are communicating with your clients, that clients are happy, that work and tasks are being done. Yes, definitely project manager would be for that part. Okay. And they, and could they also be in, I, I'm sorry, I'm struggling because I know that where my business is, I'm in the position that I need to hire a project manager, but I'm not sure of all of the things that this person could or would potentially do. Because I can see so many different areas, like, uh, for example, the implementation of software, of automation software and managing that. Um, so it's like some portions that are client-facing, and then there are other portions that are more company-facing, I guess. Um, and so just curious if, that would, if that's something that could potentially be all-inclusive under a project manager, or is it... Or should it be a little bit more separated out than that? I will give you the easiest answer ever. Look at regular old brick and mortar companies. They have been doing this for years. Mm -hmm. They have segmented people and put the correct people in places. Um, when we get into entrepreneurship, we want to kind of re try to recreate the wheel. You know, we have this virtual assistant thing that's going on and they do 5,000 <laughs> different things. But in, in the, the area that we have all worked in, we know that everyone has their place. You know who the CEO is. You know who the manager is. You know who the project manager is. You know everyone has a place. Don't try to recreate the will. If you're um, curious as to what they should do, internet, look up roles. Look, look up um uh, what am I trying to say? Um, look up where yeah, descriptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Descriptions. It's that. It's really that easy. Because one of the things you don't want is for people to be overworked. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, let people operate in their zone of genius. You're going to get better results. Don't have people do things that they don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. yes. Because it's going to be mediocre. Yeah, they can learn to do it. Um, but it's still going to be mediocre. But also put people in a position where if someone says, I absolutely love project management, I love running projects, I'm not really into, you know, operations, then don't put them in, in a place to do operations because it's just not going to have your business flourish. So if you're specifically looking for someone to run the services that you offer and they are there to um 
kind of help you with the clients and your customers and things like that, that's a project manager. If you're looking for like your day-to-day and kind of um, handling like the business side, that's going to be a totally different person because nine times out of ten, this is the person that's going to talk to your attorney. This is the person who's going to talk to your accountant. This is the person who is going to talk to your HR. Totally different than the person who is just going to help um, with your staff and your services and, and things like that. Okay, and what does that person have an or a title have a name? I want to say operations, but it's not necessarily correct. I'll look that up for you. I'm not going. <laughs> I will add this too. I just finished what well, at the end of last year, I read a really great book called Traction by Gino Wickman. I think that you would benefit greatly. It piggybacks on what Alea was saying about when we, when we go into entrepreneurship, right? We want to throw everything that we know about corporate and about business out the window because we didn't like our experience in it. But you have to take away some of that foundational stuff because they were able to build successful business by having the right people in the right place and so that's a good book to read is traction and then another one is um clockwork by mike mike mccallisky or something like that every time i say his name i think of the character from monsters inc which if you don't have kids you don't get that so never mind um Yes, that's it. Um, I don't think that's his name, but every time I say his name, that's that's what I that's exactly who I think about. So, but yeah, so that's so those two books, those are some really good resources to help you as far as knowing how to hire and put people in the right position and make sure that you have the right thing. Like one of the things that I did today during my performance evaluations, like I literally have so to find the right people. Right, you have your company values. That's why it's so important. Like you don't just jump into like business, you take your time and you plan. Like Leah was saying, like planning is a big part of business. People like to frown the nose up at it for some reason. I don't know, but there's nothing wrong with taking your time and planning. Planning doesn't mean that you're going to take all day to do something, right? But it does mean that you're going to be intentional about what you're doing. So one of the things you want to do, especially when it comes to branding, is you want to make sure that you have your values because at the end of the day, that branding that those values and what you stand for, that's what you're protecting. It's not just about this logo. Like the logo means nothing if it doesn't stand in front of something. Like it's something behind that holding that logo and making it valuable. And it's not just the words and the font and the picture, you know. It's what you stand for. So the right people. Um you have your values and make sure the people you hire values align with what your what your what your company's values, right? So that's how you have the right people. And then with the right seat, right, making sure that, like Leo was saying, is that you have someone that, one, they want to do the job. Like, they, like that's what they want to do. Not only do they want to do the job, they're capable of doing the job. They, they know how to do the job. And three, they understand what their position is. So those are the three things that you're looking for as far as the right, um, the right, the right seat. So the right, you want the right person and the right seat. The right person has the same values with you, as your company, and the right seat means that they they get it, they want it, they understand it. So if you're on the in the insider layer, I know you're an insider. Um, we're actually doing a training on traction on Thursday because 
I love it. Like that whole foundational piece. And for me, what we're gonna what we're gonna focus on is making sure that we are very intentional about 2021 as far as setting our goals and our focuses for the year and staying on track and not being all over the place as we tend to be um, because we forget what our goals are, like New Year's resolutions. That is right up my alley. Um, and, and to kind of piggyback what you were saying, Lakanya, and, and to Jessica, uh, you can take your time with this. I have, we've had our business for, this will be the eighth year. Um, and I literally, today, finally decided to um, not be so consumed with what everyone else is doing and all of the trends and what I felt like I should be doing as I have in the past and really buckle down and have what our mission is and what our goals is. Um, before I was leading with, oh, I built systems, <laughs> you know, and it was just kind of like, okay, that's what I do. But I found out that, no, I, I build client experiences and that's what I teach people to do, how to have great client experiences, how to get your clients continue coming back, how to sell to your clients just by offering them an amazing experience. Right. And when I start like going down that road, everything just started falling into place. Like things that I never thought would fall into place, they're falling into place. So I would absolutely take Lakanya up on um, her advice. Really find out the purpose and the vision of your business. Not so much what you're selling, but why you're doing it and how you're going to help your clients. What is going to be the big win for them to even um, either purchase from you or obtain your services or et cetera. Yeah. I love that. Thank you both so much. Lakaya, thank you so much for the book recommendations. And Aaliyah, thank you so much for the information. Very helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. And as you were talking, Aaliyah, that just goes back to what I was saying to Chanel. Like when you're building that brand, yes, someone else might be selling statement tees. But when you have that brand, when you, so your business is not just, the, so when you're building that brand, it's really about the bigger picture. Like what are you really doing? Right? What are you, what is, it's not just a t-shirt. What is it really? Like, what is it really? So, from like, I don't just, you know, help people with trademarks and copyrights, right? My whole mission is to help people build better businesses. And not just people, people in my community, African Americans. Because I firmly believe that that's how we're going to um, overcome this um, systematic racism and injustice that we see all the time. When we start having our own, we have our own sandbox to play in. We don't have to worry about going and beg and play in somebody else's sandbox. Like, I am the biggest believer. Like, I'm not going to beg you for anything. I'm just going to come over here. I'm going to do my, my own. And it's going to be so good that you're going to come over here to where I'm at and say, Hey, can I come play with you? And that's what I want to do for black businesses. Is have them help them build better businesses with great foundations that are scalable so they can stop being the only person in their business. They can have something they can give to their kids or sell if they choose. But... We have to start building something. We have to start building businesses that allow us to help our community in multiple ways by um, bringing jobs to the community, right? Like, and y'all might, if you follow me, you probably heard me say this before, but Claude Anderson, when he says that it's criminal for us to have kids and send them out into other communities begging for work, I agree. Like, we, that's why, like, that's why we're so behind. Like, we have kids that want to be lawyers doctors 
and everything else, but they've never seen it. They never touched it. They don't know anyone that can give them an internship that can say, hey, this is what's going on. And we have to be that someone. Okay, I'm stepping down off my soapbox. All right, so it doesn't look like we have any more questions. You make sure you go to geniuslounge.co so you can stay up on the latest. That's how you're going to get your notifications about what we're doing, where we're at, what we're offering, um, different discounts and promotions that we have going on, uh, and things of that nature. So make sure you join the geniuslounge.co. Thank you again for spending your Monday evening with me. I appreciate y'all, and I will see you next week. Let's take this conversation over to the Genius Lounge. I want you to share this episode with three friends and have them meet you there. But you know what to do before you go. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and rate the podcast. Until next week, I want you to keep building your business, growing your brand, and owning your genius.